And you're at, at, one, at a certain point, you're gonna run through the actual list, right? The aggregate list. We're, we're going 15 to 1. And hello, welcome to This is a Sports Podcast. I'm Yosef Nasser. Okay. Alongside Harry Leo, Tony Garcia, Armand Tandravi. You and guys are sitting in some different seats than normal. Yeah, Harry, me Harry, oh, Harry stole my seat. Yeah, we're so. switching up the vibes, bro. It's disorienting. It's a big day today because it's our NBA preview, Eastern Conference today. Next week, we're going to do the Western Conference, 1 through 15. We're going up 15 to 1. And to no surprise, the first team is the Charlotte Hornets. Um, me and Harry had the Hornets at 15. Armand and Tony have them at 14. I'm going to go over their rotation. So Terry Rozier, they bring in from Boston. Nick Batum, Miles Bridges. P.J. Washington's been starting for them uh, in the preseason. Cody Zeller, who's destined to miss 40 games a year. It's just what he does. And then off the bench, they've got Malik Monk, Kid Gilchrist, Marvin Williams. Um, Harry, what, what can you tell me about this team? Like, What, what do you think? Is, is this... Is this hands down the worst team in the league? No. I I, I had some disagreement with uh, toying with Washington in this spot, mm. Cleveland, but I just defaulted to, like, those teams have good players, potential all-stars, and probable all-stars on the team, Brad and Brad Beal and Kevin Love. Um, I actually think Charlotte is going to be feisty in a couple games. Uh, they just don't have, like, a like – a, functioning offensive plan at, like I can't envision them ever having like a like a free-flowing offense which you need in the modern NBA but I think defensively they're going to be I think a little surprising like Miles Bridges is you know a beast um, and I think there's guys in this team that are going to surprise like who? Uh, well, you know, I was going to get to him later, and I will, but Dwayne Bacon, you know, okay. actually, he's actually, I really think he's probably going to start for this team. He's probably not going to play the lion's share of minutes of the shooting guard. I think they really want to up Malik Monk's value to see uh, to see how much value he does hold in the league. But Dwayne Bacon is, is, is actually, I think, a solid starter. Um, and I also think that, um, you know, you're going to see Terry Rozier maybe surprise some people. I don't think he's going to be as awful as we think he is. Mm-hmm. I, I think he might be as inefficient. Bottom line with this team, this was a team that was not a playoff contender and they'd lose Kemba Walker. They replaced him with Terry Rozier, who's a career sub-40% shooter from the field. Well, they were a playoff contender. They were... So they didn't make the playoffs. Right. They were in the mix. Right. Um, but, you know, this is a team that wasn't in the playoffs with Kemba. Now they lose him. Do they drop to the bottom of the barrel? The guys I'm going to be having my eye on are your boy, Miles Bridges, from Michigan State. Mm-hmm. If you want to give a quick scouting report on what you think he can do in year two, you know as well as anyone. Um, I mean, I think he he could certainly be considered one of the best athletes in the NBA, but that doesn't always translate to on-court success. I mean, he, he's a decent shooter. He can get a rebound over anyone. He's actually pretty good on offensive glass when he wants to be. My issue with a, a player like Miles Bridges is you got to be able to dribble. you got to yeah. be able to create for yourself, and he doesn't get to the, like, when he has a lane and can go, have that straight drive, I mean, he, he's going up and over everyone, and it's super fun to watch. But he doesn't catch the ball on the wing, put the ball on the deck, break someone down, and then finish acrobatically at, at, at the hoop. That's not his game. If he can, I mean, if he can become a better dribbler, then I think um, that's, I mean, he's one reason why I don't have Charlotte finishing last. I thought I had them 13, not 14, but. Um, I've got I've got you having them at 14, 13, 14. That's but, the same yeah, range. No, I, yeah, I, I just – there's not enough around him. I mean, I think paying Nicholas Batum almost $26 million is probably problem number one there. But uh, Miles Bridges is, is a great athlete and can play both ways. Uh, to kind of expand on Harry's point, watching too many Hornets games last year at the end – 
it was, in my opinion, Dwayne Bacon was their second best player. Yeah. Wow. And now that I am shocked that you didn't have him in the rotation. But. Yeah, now that now that uh now that Kemba's gone, Dwayne has a real chance on a team that is basically gonna be relying on Rogier to what, initiate 40, 50% of the offense, and maybe I'm being light with that number, he's going to have a chance to really shine. Yeah, like you said, Harry, they're going to give Monk the first uh, chance at, I think, the shooting guard position, along with Batum and Kid Gilchrist. Another guy I'm watching out for on this team is Cody Martin because the Martin twins at Nevada, I can't remember who is the better one, but it seems like he's the one that made the NBA, so it must have been him that is the uh, better shooter, better offensive player. He he really stood out to me in college. So I think we've already spent enough time on Charlotte. Yeah, we but uh, I'm surprised no one mentioned PJ Washington. I did mention him. He looked good in the preseason. I mean, been starting. Yeah. I mean, when he was healthy in Kentucky, he was top five college player yeah, last year. I, agree. I don't know how he translates yet, but I, I like his upside. Okay, so I, I think we're all on the same page. Charlotte, bottom two or three team, although maybe not clear in a way the worst team in the Eastern Conference or the NBA. Um, let's jump to number 14, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So Armand had them last. Harry and I had them 14th. Tony, you have them 12th. What gives you optimism that this team won't be a bottom of the basement uh, team in the Eastern Conference. Um, I mean, that's just how bad I think some of the other teams are. That really speaks more to what I what I think of of, of Washington. Uh, also, John Beeline, I've watched him do so much with so little yeah. at the college level. Like, yeah, I don't know how that translates yet to, to the NBA. Um, but... But I mean, I, I I believe in him. I mm. he's he was my second favorite college coach, obviously behind behind Tom Izzo. Um, I mean, Darius Garland is a good athlete. I don't know how he's going to play if Kevin Love can stay healthy. Uh, Colin Sexton had a pretty good rookie year, I thought. I think it's a empty calories type year. Let me let me get into the starting lineups rotation, and then we'll bounce around this. So Darius Garland, Sexton, uh, Chetty Osman. Uh, from Turkey, uh, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, and then off the bench you've got Clark- Clarkson. I like their other rookies, Dylan Windler and Kevin Porter, Larry Nance. Of course, they signed signed him to an extension, and then Ante Zizic kind of closing out that group. Um, Harry, you, you wanted to make a, a point here about the Cavaliers. I mean, they, they talked about this backcourt as a poor man's Dame Lillard, C.J. McCollum. I think that's very that's hyperbole. That's super hyperbole, but I'll be honest. Um, I was watching some Darius Garland stuff like mm. during Jay's class today because it's so boring. And, you know, um, the specifically Darius Garland's pull-up game, it is very Dame Lillard-ish. Um, he, the way he, like, hops into... He, he takes, like, these super wide hop steps into, like, threes, deep threes, uh, where he covers, like, a ton of ground. He's not the same athlete that Lillard is. Mm. This is where I kind of disagree with you about him athletically. He's, like, a below-the-rim below finisher. He's not particularly explosive. So, you know, it's a little troublesome when you make comparisons like that. I remember when people were talking about uh, Deion Waiters as, like, a less athletic Dwayne. Dwayne yeah. And I was like... That was because well, they're initials. Yeah, right. And it's like, dude, like, that's, like, 80% of rookie D-Wade's game. Like, what, what are we talking about here? So there's a little trouble with that. I actually think this team's going to put up a lot of points. Like, you said Beeline is a smart coach. Mm-hmm. Problem is, I think they're going to give up like 170 points a game. Yeah, you know, obviously I'm being <laughs> hyperbolic, but like, there's nobody on this team that's a plus defender. Darius Garland, because he missed, missed so much time as Vanderbilt, I mean, even though he was a top five pick, is still coming in slightly underrated. He can create a shot off the dribble. Uh, 
I th- I don't remember what I thought of every team at the draft, but I remember thinking Cleveland took three guys that I absolutely loved. There was nights uh, in mid-January, early February, where I was spending late nights crying, thinking about uh, what the Bulls could do if they get if they don't get a top three pick. And that's when I fell in love with Darius Garland. And I I think he's going to be a sensational NBA player. Kevin Porter, if he didn't have... Love him. If he didn't have... uh, problems off the court or even fitting in on a team, he would have been a top 15 pick. Yeah, they took him at a spot where it was worth the gamble. Pretty much. And then uh, Dylan Windler, I don't know how much uh, mid-major basketball you guys have watched. He was my steal of the draft. I loved Dylan Windler. That guy could put up 30 with no help on Belmont. And Belmont was a team, is a team, uh, I think their coach, Rick Bird, he, he's like a Popovich of <laughs> mid-majors where it's a team-oriented approach, but they scratched that for Windler because Windler could score on his own. They stopped moving the ball. They like would give him the ball almost every possession. So, yeah, I think that Cavs have a bright future, but this year I don't see it. A question for me with the Cavs, they have no shot of making the playoffs. When do they trade Kevin Love? He has no fit on this team. There are teams that can use him, whether it's a Portland. There are other groups out there that could use Kevin Love. Obviously, the contract a little pricey, but that's what I'm going to be watching out um, with this Cavaliers team. And then also, I'm curious how the Sexton-Garland backcourt plays out. I don't think Sexton is very good. Um, I think Garland is the guy. I mean, like you said, defensively, they're not going to be able to stop, you know, a nosebleed. So um, Garland, Sexton, Kevin Love getting traded, those are the guys that I'm interested in. Let's jump to number 13. The Washington Wizards. Now, this is the team where you're going to be watching on League Pass, and you're going to be like, who the fuck is that? Because they have a lot of players in their rotation. They got a lot of Chuck who he play for. Chuck who he play for, indeed. Um, They returned three players from last year's team. Yep. That's it. Unbelievable. And one of those players is Jan Mahinmi. So, um, if that even counts, it's more of a contract albatross at this stage. So, projected starters, I've got Ish Smith, Brad Beal, um, I mean, you guys just told me Justin Anderson got cut, so Isaac Bonga, you know, he's started some games in the preseason, averaging 3.7 points a game. Mo Wagner from Michigan, who played last year with the Lakers. Thomas Bryant had a breakout season last year. And then you've got Troy Brown Jr. from Oregon. Can he do anything off the bench? Rui Hachimura, their first-round pick. Davis Bertans from the Spurs. Um, and then John Wall... Presumably he comes back. No. Do we think I've he comes he's back, back in no. February? No. The, okay. the, the early word is that he's probably not coming back. With the Achilles they, injury. They don't have any reason to bring him back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has a four-year, $170 million left on his contract. Mm-hmm. Why bring him back when they're he's gonna have, when they're 18 and 50? The problem is he's going to have in, uh, input on it, though, if, if he's actually cleared to play. Like, I don't... Uh, the owner, if if he misses the Rockville? whole season, they get eighty percent of it back due and to insurance. insurance. Oh, yeah. So, okay, yeah. so he's not going to no chance. No chance. And then Isaiah Thomas, they signed him. You know, he, he had talked up potentially having a comeback type season, and then he instantly got hurt. And then so, he said, "I'm never playing defense again," because he said the way he got he hurt his thumb was he played defense in in oh, practice. God. Yeah. Are we too high on the Wizards here? For me, I put them this high because I think Brad Beal is that good, he's but. Um, I don't. I don't think we're too. I mean, this isn't high at all. This is like bottom of the Eastern Conference, which is. Bottom I'm just of the talking league. about in the context of some of these sure. rotation players. These yeah. guys are nobodies. They're, they're nobodies, but I also I think that you know you touched on Beal. Beal's a beast. We don't need to spend too much time on him. Thomas Bryant. I think this is a guy who could take like a mini leap this year. You could see him potentially in the in the running for most improved player. This is a guy who talked about shooting more threes this year. He showed a little bit of it last year. Um, he's already I think just one of like the the more uh, prototypical modern looking bigs. You know, it kind of reminds me of like. 
like a slower but bigger Pascal in a mm-hmm. sense where he's able to kind of handle the ball in certain scenarios and do stuff around the room. I want to ask you, you said mini breakout. He averaged 10 and 6 last year. Could you see like a 15 and 8? Is that what yeah, you're thinking? Yeah, sure. I, I kind of default to like his per 36 numbers. Okay. I look at that a lot for young players who are like on the rise who haven't got a lot of playing time. Um, and yeah, if you look at his per 36 numbers, I mean, they're pretty healthy across the board, like offensively and defensively. Per 36, just to finish up on that point, 18 points a game, 10 rebounds, uh, and then a, a block and a half. So good numbers there. Um, kind of to expand on that, first of all, mm-hmm. first point, Lakers, another guy that they let slip right through their hands. Bulldog? Um, no, no, Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant. Oh, yeah, Thomas Bryant. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kuzma here. Yep, Monzo Kuzma. And then when, we, when I actually do a deeper dive of their depth chart and actually think about it, yeah, this team... I don't know why I had them higher. They might, yeah. They this, this is it's Bradley Beal and a bunch team, of G-leaders. It's the worst team in the NBA. And yeah. Bradley Beal is not going to be there the whole season. He will be traded at the trade deadline. I, I, I'm not. I sure. I'm actually not sure. I mean, just based on body language, like in the preseason, he really seems to enjoy like being yeah, the being leader there. of this team. Um, and everything that he said but that's for years me- sorry. is that he wants to stay. He'd like to stay. And and, and Ernie Grunfeld and and uh, who's, who's finally it? gone? Oh, Grunfeld's gone. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Who's their GM now? I think Tommy Shepard, is that his name? Yeah. I don't know him. Um, but um, with yeah, Brad Beal, you're right. He has said the right things. The thing that interests me about him as it pertains to a potential trade, he's the only guy who is that you know next guy, like who's going to be traded next. Brad Beal is the default option. So if a team said, let's say the Nuggets, let's say the Nuggets say, hey, we want to get Brad Beal in the fold, that's going to be the guy that teams are going to look to and try to pluck away from the Wizards. That's the only reason. He said the right lot. things. He said the right things. If he has an opportunity to win somewhere and get his money, I think he'll jump at that opportunity. Also, two quick things before we move on. One, I mean, this whole you talking about him enjoying being a leader, I mean, that's means to an end. This is John Wall's team, even though he's hurt. Like, just from face of the franchise perspective, I think Bradley Beal is better, and especially now that Wall's been so hurt. But that's just number one. And number two, I mean, there's no chance on earth the Wizards will win anything of consequence as currently constituted. And so the only the way to expedite that process is get rid of your best player and get, to, and get some picks and hope you hit they got to get rid of Brad. A couple quick things. I don't know if Wizards fans would actually agree with you. I think Beal kind of took the reins yeah. of the team from Wall in the past say. season. And also, yeah, you, in theory, you're right. Tank and blow it up. But you can tank with Beal, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, you this can keep him and still potentially get a top three and pick what, and still have Beal. The only, and he's young. The only thing about tanking with Beal, do you chip away at his trade value? Do you put miles on him? For I mean, sure, he's yeah. been healthy in recent years, but earlier in his career, he had injury issues. Yeah. I say let him average 20 Five, five, and five. Explore offers at the trade deadline. If you can get um, a desperate team to give you a lot for Brad Beal, I, I would definitely look into. They that. offered him a three-year, hundred and ten million dollar extension, mm-hmm. and then to put that hundred and ten alongside John Wall's one seventy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nowhere to build around, that's and that's I, not that's not going to win. That's what I would say. Like if they if they were a smartly run franchise, they would do that. Mm-hmm. But and they <laughs> might they might fi- they might finally be now that they got rid of the mo- Maybe, most incompetent yeah, I mean, GM we'll in see. all the NBA. All right, we got to move on. And number twelve, d- does any Anyone want to take a, a guess at what this number twelve team is? Uh I have a guess. Since Hawks. you, I, yeah, I did Hawks. not see it, but Hawks. since you worded it like that, it's got to be the Knicks. It is the Knicks. It's ah. indeed the Knicks. Looking right at you, Harry. I had the Knicks at thirteen. Tony thirteen, back. and then Harry and 
Armand both high on the Knicks at 11. Uh, Harry, take the floor. Oh boy. L- let me go through this rotation really quick. You, you can clean this up. Um, Alfred Payton, uh, he might have lost I his starting spot. I really have no idea what the fuck the rotation is going to be. Alfred Payton, R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. They've got DSJ and Frank Nilakina, the former lottery point guards. Uh, you know, Nilakina was eight. Uh, Smith was nine in 2017, the first round. Wayne Ellington, Marcus Morris, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, their million power forwards. Clean this up for me. The Knicks, um, what gives you optimism about this team? Why do you have them at 11? I would like to say I'm selling all my stock. I put this list in before Fizdale said today that uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is not the incumbent starter. Um, I just don't really... Who is? Uh, he, said, he said he really likes Peyton. Oh, God. And he, this is, I'm Smith so Jr. Out. can be great as a sixth man. Yeah, but if Elton oh. Payton should not be the starter. I can't tell you a fucking thing about the Knicks. I I I I, if, I believe you. I just think he. I mean, he's an athlete. He's, no, he's like he's built like a six man. Absolutely, Dennis Smith Jr.'s NBA destiny, if he fulfills it, is to be the sixth man on a good team. Rich Jamal Jordan, Crawford for Jordan Clarkson. But this is not a good team, and <laughs> and they don't have a point guard that's better than Dennis Smith. They don't have a person who's a better distributor distributor, which I actually think he DSJ is a little underrated at, uh, or a better just like floor leader in general. Like he kind of has that attitude that sway. Alfred Payne should absolutely not be the guard in this team. I'm highly questioning Fizdale's uh, uh, intentions and and intellect. Um, and I just don't really know. I, there's so many guys in this team that I think the reason why, I can't speak for you, but probably the reason why you were a little higher on them is because like just youth and playing hardness-wise, they're probably just going to fight their way to some wins against like some of the teams that are under them on this list. Um, but like now... I look at it and I'm like, there's too many of those guys. You have to have a coach that's going to be able to rein people in a little bit and like figure out like a good seven or eight man rotation. And at this point, I'm just not sure if I trust Fizzle to do that. You're talking about Alfred Payton. It's preseason, but against the Wizards a few nights ago, 26 minutes, 0 for 9 from the field, 0 for 3 from 3, and then minus 24, um, lowest on the team, zero points in that game, two assists. Stud. So Fizz is talking about starting because he's tough. He's tough. He's gritty. Which means that's he's what, probably that's also going to start. That's been start. his M.O. when he was in Memphis. I know. Well, Mike Conley type. But it works with the grit and grind. Go ahead. Would you do a Chris Dunn for... <laughs> for Chris Dunn in a second for uh, for DSJ. No, 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 no shot. shot. No, no shot. shot. Can I ask? Yeah. Can I ask? Yeah, yeah for New York Alonzo is hanging Trier. up the phone. Chris Dunn for Alonzo Trier, straight um, up. Yeah, probably. Just because Trier, Trier, Trier doesn't have any uh, um, value on this team anymore Good. now that they have like... Shake on it. All right, we yeah, got a deal. Just call Dolan and tell him, <laughs> Jimmy? tell him what the plan is. Um, my my thoughts on the Knicks and why I was high on them. I, first of all, I think Julius Randle is going to be an All Star this he's year. He's going to be a beast. Potentially, um, it depends on how they do wins wise. Well, the thing he's is, have the stats. The thing is, he's going to get his stats because once they tell R.J. Barrett, "Hey, man, stop." stop doing stuff and actually pass the ball and actually be a team player. Julius is going to be the only guy on on their team, especially with DSJ off the bench that can actually do stuff on his own. And it's going to be it's going to be a mess of a spacing, but kind of like you said Harry, they are going to be the greatest team in the league. They're going to be reminiscent of mid 2000s and 90s basketball which it's just a fight every game yeah. and Bobby Portis is going to get suspended for 20 and Randall's going to get suspended for 10 and Taj Morris. will get one and oh Marcus Morris a full full season suspension coming yeah. his way and then for, somehow Nidalekina is going to catch a jab by somebody and he's going to break his orbital bone it's yeah it's going to be fun that, I can't wait that's going to make that's going to boost their, their win loss right here yeah. totals why not if they lose three guys exactly <laughs> here get to your deep 
cut with the, with the Knicks. A lot of these guys are veteran signings. Damian Who's Dotson. Your, Damian Dotson. Yeah, I thought sure. you were going to say Brzezakis, but tell me why you like I Dotson. I love Iggy Bras, but I think D- uh, Dot is a guy that he should absolutely start on the team if they know what's good for them because he's the only guy that can offer the spacing, the defense, and, and get out of the way when like all the other guys on the team want to take shots except Mitch. Um, Mitchell Robinson. Um, so I mean, it absolutely should be Dotson. He's buried at the end of the bench right now, but like I think by the end of the year he'll be he'll be a starter. For me, I think this team is all about the development of R.J. Barrett. They've got to find out is he good, how good is he, how does he shape where we're going to be for the next four or five years. That's what I'll be interested to see. I think a lot of these guys, these veterans, will be attractive at the trade deadline. I'll look for that as well. Let me let me ask you this because these bottom four teams that we've talked about, I don't think they have a shot at making the playoffs. You may disagree. I mean, no chance. Um, so I, I know in listening to your 2020-21 preview, go ahead and plug your podcast, by the way. <laughs> uh, the unofficial official R&BA podcast. You can find anywhere you find podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. So in listening to that podcast, the 2020-2021 preview, um, you you touched on some of the guys. What did I say? You guys were touching on some of the um, prospects in next year's draft, the teams that, or the guys that these teams are going to look at. Oh, like Cole um, Anthony, Anthony Cole Edwards. Anthony, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo. What, there, there's no, you know, stop trying for Zion type guy here, but who, who's the prospect you like quickly? Who should these fan bases be looking at as someone they should uh, uh, be attracted towards getting? I 100% think Anthony Edwards is the next picture of Oladipo. Okay. If everything breaks for him, like athletically, they're the same type of prospect to me. Like, they're so aggressive downhill, like freak athletes have like the almost the exact same like shooting mechanics. I think Anthony Edwards is such a beast, and like I think that by the end of the year, I think he's going to be a clear number one, you know, okay. tank for Edwards. I have the same enthusiasm that you have for Anthony Edwards for Lamelo Ball. My prediction is that he's going to be a New York Nick twelve months from now. I don't hate it. So give me Lamelo. Lamelo Ball in New York in the Big Apple. Let's jump to number eleven. These teams, 11 on up, I think all of these teams have a shot to make the playoff. It's the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Armand's the highest on the Hawks at 10. Harry's the lowest on the Hawks at 12. And me and Tony are at 11. The rotation, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Alex Len, um, Damian Jones, also a factor at the center position. They've got Cam Reddish, who they took at number 10 this year. I really like DeAndre Bembry. Vince Carter's on this team. Um, The question is with this team, how how the hell did they get a stop on defense? Exactly. That's what happens to Lowe. Uh, I mean, it's the issue with all these bottom two teams, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, you might be able to score some points. Yeah, except the Hornets. Yeah, are kind of the, the Hornets are kind the, of fl- the, the inverse. Yeah, mm. but all these teams, it's like, yeah, defense. Where's that work. coming from? <laughs> the is, thing John, is, is John Collins. Maybe this will show my. Uh, he, he's a twenty. Is he a good I, thought, player? I thought he's a good defender. Uh, he, he's, he's a good, all right. He's a good shot blocker. He's yeah. just he's, he's a good athlete. You know, awareness wise, he's kind of caught in between the four and the five. Yeah. So ideally, you know, he'd be a five, except he can't hold up defensively for extended minutes there. Um, at the four, it cramps your spacing a little bit, so you kind of have to mix and match. The he problem is, defensively is Trey Young. He's the worst defender possibly in the league. Him or Sexton? Or Sexton. That's a good point. Or Kevin, oh, never mind. I'm not going to say Kevin Knox. Um, I think the the reason for optimism with the Hawks is Trey Young might just be that special. I want you to talk towards that, uh, Armand. Trey Young, your feelings about him. I mean, I think Trey Young is going to be the best point guard in the league within the next three years. Once Steph 
eventually hits his decline, which is coming soon. I mean, Steph is getting up there in age. That's the only reason why I have the Hawks so high. I think Trey Young, you're seeing it with the Twitter viral videos. Every every day he plays a game now, it's, it's, he does something that's just noteworthy. His defense is abominable. But if he just gets to, like, a little below league average, that's a huge step up from where he was as a rookie. Kevin Herter, uh, a lot of people, I'm not the first one to say this, are on the Kevin Herter hype train. He's going to be... Is he a max guy? <laughs> okay, Rusillo. Um, yeah, but I... Yeah, like you guys said, DeAndre Bembry, I think this year for the Hawks is more of a, we're not going in yet for the playoff push. We're going to see... Obviously, they like Trey, but we're going to see what the other guys are. Cam Reddish, Hunter, Collins, and then from there... They make their decisions on, okay, now what do we do with some of the young guys? What do we do with the ones that we don't really like? And then go for it next year. I'm most intrigued by that Hunter-Reddish forward combo. Um, they, they draft him at 4 and 10 in this previous draft. Cam Reddish was looked at coming into the college basketball season last year as a top three prospect. Slipped a little bit because of his inefficiency at Duke. Um, maybe being with the Hawks will be... Um, we'll give you an opportunity to uh, um, really show that talent. Um, no, no Alan Crabb love. Al- Alan Crabb. Whenever he plays against the Pistons, my guy scores 30 points. He, he, he can shoot. Remember anybody who plays against the Pistons, they score. They, they, somebody's going to get a 30 bomb. Speaking of but the Pistons, speaking of the Pistons, next up. Don't you dare. Team number 10. Next. Team number 10 is the Detroit Pistons. Now, I had them in the playoffs. You had them in the playoffs oh, but see, as the eighth seed, but it's the aggregate. Armand had them at 12. Harry had them at 9. Why are you high on the Pistons, uh, Tony, relatively I mean, I mean, speaking? I'm not high on the Pistons. I don't, I don't think 8 is high, and I don't want them to be 8. I want I would If you could ask, give me 8 or like 7 or 15 right now, give me 15. That's That was my question for the Pistons as I look at this roster. Why isn't this team tanking? I'm going to go down the list. We've got Reggie Jackson. We know who he is. Luke Kennard, potential upside. Tony Snell. More than potential More upside. Than, yeah. T- Tony Snell, um, you know, he, he's basically a below-average sub-replacement level wing. Keith <laughs> um, my guy was just running out there. <laughs> just running out there. Blake Griffin, star. Really, really good. Andre D- Drummond, it'd be a disaster if you guys gave him the max. Um, Derek Rose, intriguing. But at the same time, like he's reflective of where this team is. Bruce Brown, Sekou Demboya, uh, they signed Markeith Morris, Christian Wood, who's been ripping it up in G League and, you know, the preseason, and then Thon Maker. I I mean, this team, I think they need to pick a direction, and that direction is tanking and go for it. Cash in Blake before he gets hurt because that's inevitable. See if you can get something for Rose if he starts off hot. It's just this team is – they've got no wings. Blake Griffin's injury history is sketchy. Andre Drummond, don't want anything to do with it. It's just – it's such a lukewarm team, and I feel sorry for you. I know. I've, I mean, it's been this it's been this way for 10 years. It, just they're in the – the, I mean, the abyss of the NBA, just um, purgatory, mm-hmm. NBA purgatory. You get a 14 to 18 pick every year. You're never actually relevant in the playoff push, and you never are bad enough where you can get someone to help make you relevant in the playoff push. Uh, yeah, you all know how I feel about Andre Drummond. Um, my only hope, my only optimism is this is Reggie's last year. Mm-hmm. Like, finally, that's good. And, and that's all, that's like $18 million a year coming off the books. Andre, obviously, I if there's one move I could guarantee for any of my major four teams the next four years, it is don't re-sign Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. Like, I would take... I mean, that's because the Tigers are still a few years away. Um, and so I don't need to guarantee anything over the next two years. But yeah, I mean... 
They're not ten. They're not ten in the East. Blake Griffin is too good. Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin can carry is you. Too, Blake to, Griffin is yep, too good. Luke Kennard is going to average fifteen a game this yep, year. Fifteen. Derrick Rose, if he plays oh, like he has in, in in the preseason in spurts and like he did for the back half of last year, really all of last year in Minnesota. I mean, I think I no. Yeah, he tapered off. The 50-point game was awesome, though. I cried. What I liked about yeah, what he did I last year is just the, the – sh- I mean, he finally hit three-point shots, and I found out yesterday that he got a neck tat that says Godspeed. So that's yeah. a – I'm on neck tat watch this time of year. Hell yeah. Um, you know, who, who got the new neck tat? You know, who, who got the new neck tat? I remember when Birdman got his free bird. Birdman. Deshaun Stevenson got his Abe Lincoln. Uh, Armand, you've got to take about the Pistons. I mean, and also, let me oh, make it clear before you get Intercepted. Yeah, that, that was picked off, and I'm yeah. taking it to the crib. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that the Bulls are going to come in higher than – the Pistons is because we have such a resident Bulls homer yeah. that he completely skewed the aggregate, and more of us had the Bulls finishing below the Pistons. But because so, that is a perfect segue, because next up on our list, number nine, Can the I Chicago make a Bulls. Side point: I will bet whatever you want that the Bulls will finish with a better record. Love this. What do you guys want to bet? See, no money. No this, money. Whatever. See, no. See, this is my issue because. I don't What's give a shit. Like, like I don't give a shit about the Pistons, and I am upset with their direction and who they are. No. And I don't want to support this mediocrity. I was but the I still same think with the Bulls. that the Pistons are going to be better than the Bulls. But like, you can't have a friendly wager. Yeah, come on. Man. I I made a wager with him about Bulls and Knicks. Oh, oh yeah, no, 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 over. no. How about we put you? I mean, I will make two wagers with you, and okay. they will counteract each other. Yes. One, okay, we'll put 10, 10 bucks, nothing major, Okay. on on the Pistons, Bulls, where they finish. But then I will also take, you have to put $10 on the Bulls. You had 45 wins. I'm taking the under on 45. Okay. Okay. So both of them love that. 45 evens so, so, it out. So say, say the Bulls even, finish. Even odds? No, 45 evens it out. So oh, they yeah. Win yeah. 40, or 45 do I win 45? Because I called 45. 45 is a push. They need 46 to win. Oh, Put your money where your mouth is. 44 and a half. 44 and a half. Let's do a real over 44 and a half. Okay, so two bets here. Armand has the Bulls over 44 and a half, and they have Bulls over the Pistons in their final. Well, parlay. Exactly. A nice little parlay. Tony has the under at 44 and a half, and he's got the Pistons having a better record than the Bulls. So let's win 45 games. Okay. They're over the Vegas over under is like 32 and a half. They're never off. I don't know where Armand goes. Got those 13 extra wins from. We'll find out right now. The Bulls are up. Um, Tony had them at 10. Harry had them at 10. I had them at 9. Armand had them at, wait for it, number 5. 45 wins for the Bulls. Armand, tell us why. Uh, I'll make this as quick as possible. First of all, Chris Fleming is night and day a huge improvement to our team. The biggest offseason acquisition we made was the assistant coach of the Brooklyn Nets who was responsible for their offense. They have eliminated and eradicated mid-range shots. They're getting to the line as a team. They're shooting good quality shots and they have a rule in place now. Finally, finally, 0.5 seconds within getting the ball, you make a decision. Triple threat. Pass, shoot, or drive and kick. Finally, I'm watching this team and I'm like, holy shit, this is an actual team. Zach Levine's going to put up 28 to 30 points a game. That's wow. He's going to have all the opportunity in the world. They have no no uh, wings off the bench, and that's their biggest bugaboo. And what's going to eventually do them in is they don't have anybody off the bench as a wing. Uh, Shaq Harrison's going to be my guy who I default to. Chandler Hutchison's a bust. Uh, and to top it all off, 
Thad Young and Sadoransky were mm. huge additions yeah. that are going to influence with their positioning on defense, especially with their positioning and ability to slide their feet and not commit a foul. They're going to teach the kids how to play defense. Kobe White, rookie of the year. The, not really. This is why not I, really. I actually disagree with this idea that they don't have wing depth because Sadoransky's 6'7". He's going to start, though. I know, but wh- what I'm saying is it, it offers you de- the defensive flexibility to like, move your rotation around where you don't feel the wing depth or the lack thereof as Hopefully. much. Which, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like We shit on Armand a lot, but I sat down and I watched a couple Bulls preseason games. I watched one with you, one against the Hawks. I was shocked at how modern their NBA, yeah. their offense looks. I mean, I, I don't know if it's all because of Fleming or maybe Boylan just like got kidnapped and replaced by some like <laughs> replica of himself. But like the, the team that last year was posting up Robin Lopez like yeah. six times a game is completely gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can say what you want about the preseason not mattering, but as far as structure, like you do see a lot of the structure mirrored at least in the early se- early parts of the season. And this bowl seems talented, man. I do have Levine down as an all-star. 28 to 30 points is a stretch. It's that gonna, is a stretch. I mean, it's going to yeah, be like, like 25 to 27. I think it's going to be Same that, way. but more efficient, like okay. a lot more efficient. So... I'm already having buyer's remorse on having the Pistons over the Bulls. Just looking at this roster, my two questions with the Bulls, the rotation, didn't mention at the start, Sadoransky, Levine, Otto Porter, Markin, and Carter. That's a strong offensive group. Questions defensively. Then Kobe White, we'll see if he can crack the starter's job. Chris Dunn, Valentine Hutchison. Chris Dunn out of here. <laughs> Thaddeus Young, Gafford. I hear what you're saying about rotationally, if everybody in their rotation is in- intact, um, you can shift guys around, you can play three guards. My my question is what happens when one of the starters get a turn and you true. have to plug in a Denzel Valentine and Shaq have him play Harrison, 30 please. minutes a game. Shaq Harrison, yeah. I mean, even that, that's, that's yeah. one a ton, that a ton of this rides on Thad Young and his defensive like prowess and versatility. Like He's a defensive stud. He's been under the radar on defense for years now. But yeah, if they have if they suffer an injury, I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Larry Markin and twenty plus points a game this year, I, sure. I think so. Um, now we get into the playoff teams. Number eight, the Orlando Magic. Uh, their rotation is DJ Augustine, Evan, Evan Fournier, um, Aaron, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan yeah. Isaac, <laughs> yeah, Nick no. Vucevic, <laughs> and then off the bench, Markel Fultz. Who the hell knows? Your boy. With that um, Terrence Ross, Wes Awundo, Alfaruka Mino, Mo Bamba, and then maybe Ken Birch as well. Uh, Armand take the floor strictly off a numbers game standpoint and being a modern team you have gordon and isaac who both i wouldn't want shooting a three and then Vooch, who is a stretch big but doesn't give you the adequate rim protection you need i don't see i I get the continuity aspect (laughs) we got a little mo bamba going (laughs) but we'll we'll fade that out but like (laughs) I, I don't see where the offense comes from with this team. Like they, They're running back the same unit as last year. And if you watch Magic games last year, they were really relying on Terrence Ross as like kind of their primary guy other than uh, other than Vooch. Like they're running plays for Ross. You say that. Um, Harry and I, me, you, and Harry, we all have them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a team that's the bizarro Bulls, the bizarro Hawks, yeah. where they're all defense. They're all in defense. Anyway. How are they going to score 100 points is the question. I, I hard disagree about just pure shooting. I actually think that Gordon is an underrated shooter. I think he's a, he averages out to like a slightly above average league shooter which is it's fine for all the other things that he does he's like Draymond Light basically as they're come on trust me like he's he's the, the number if you pull up the numbers right now it's not going to show you quite as stinky of a shooting profile as you think Isaac is going to, the reason why I'm so high in Orlando I would have the Bulls over them if it weren't for Jonathan Isaac wow I think Jonathan Isaac 
is a borderline all-star of this year. Like, could make it on the reserve team. Like, let's say someone gets, like, injured or something. I could see Isaac as a shoo-in for that spot. I think this kid is going to put up something like 16, 5, and 7 this year with, Mm -hmm. like, a steal and a block per game. Like, two threes a night. My problem with this team offensively is, like, they don't have a creator. They don't have somebody. I don't have anybody that I is that guy, but he can't But he can't. Exactly. So it cramps everything else. So Michael Carter-Williams? Yeah, it's, it's come on, gross. man. No, no, I'm saying you don't believe in him. That's hilarious. No, not at all. Good satire, satire there by you. <laughs> uh, with Isaac, I don't see the offensive optimism. 16 points, maybe not. I, I see more of like a 12, 8, 3, 1, 5, 1, 5 for, for Isaac. And and the shoot, I mean, he was 42% shooter last year. Yeah. That's got to come up to 48, you know, if he can from shoot 34 field. from the, the field. field yeah. Exactly. What um, is he from three? So he, he shot Probably 32. He's got to yeah. spike that up to 35. And you mentioned Aaron Gordon. Past two years, he's been around 34. If he can bump that up a few notches I think that the shooting that Armand was concerned about it, it may not be as big a deal as we're making it out to be Tony one final point about the magic uh, I like Evan Fournier I've never been an Aaron Gordon guy but mm. what about Vooch oh yeah we yeah, haven't mentioned yeah, Vooch yeah, yeah, yeah. Vooch potential Vooch trade candidate player. if, if, yeah, if you sure. guys I mean we were bumping Mo Bamba if Mo Bamba breaks out I mean you know potential trade candidate uh, Nick yeah. Vucevic they re-signed him the power forward, you want to exactly exactly so Magic coming at number eight. Number seven, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert. Um, you've got Joe Harris, Rodion's Kurutz. Uh, you've got Jared Fresh Allen. Domestic abuse case. Yeah. Yikes. Are, are, are we celebrating that? No, I'm just saying. Who? Like, uh, Kourouts. Kourouts. like how really? is he still in the league? Spencer Dinwiddie. It's ugly. Uh, Torian Prince, DeAndre Jordan with that uh, four-year, $40 million contract for being a friend of Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant will not play in all likelihood for this team. This is the team I don't have a great feel for. My question with this team is that Kyrie was a chemistry disaster on a team with young players that were a feel-good story the year before. How is, why is this year going to be any different? Because Kyrie knows a lot of these guys, and he has pre- a previous relationship with a lot of these guys, like a Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay. You know, I, I, it's not going to be the same as in Boston where nobody could relate to him. Plus, what he's going into. The Celtics were like, like they, they, had, already, they had already done it. Mm-hmm. And like with all these young guys, they're yeah. like, hey, like we do things our way. And then Kyrie came in trying to be like, no, we're going to do it this way. I know this works. And I mean, there, were, there was, they, they clashed from day one. But I, Brooklyn is one of the deeper teams. And like, I thought I was going to have them seven or eight. Where did I put them? Did I put them four? I think that was my. Or, so let's go. Let's to, go yeah. through it. So I had them at I put, six. I I Harry them. had them at seven. Tony had them at five. five Armand yeah. has them out of the playoffs. So that the biggest difference is that five to nine. Uh, why, why do you have them out? Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert are like two top 12. 12 what? Got, like oh like, god no no in the east not even close in the east not even close Spencer Dinwiddie another guy that the Pistons, Detroit get away. Pistons yes. okay, let get you. away thank Chris you. Middleton Spencer Dinwiddie you're right Levert, about that Levert can be an all star Levert is the biggest on, swing I, I, guy I wanna, for this can we team. do like two minutes on Levert yeah and, and go Spen- for it and Spencer Dinwiddie is nobody loses Kyrie and has as good of a replacement at point guard as the Nets he's a good he's a good do your two minutes on Karis Levert Karis Levert um. 
uh, is another player that I absolutely think could make the All-Star team For sure. this year. He was on the, his way uh, before yeah, he got before hurt last year. before that injury. And I think, especially if you see Kyrie, which he will, he's going to get dinged up. Kyrie's going to miss a couple games. Karis LeVert is the second creator for this team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is absolutely a dude. He could average like like six assists a game. And he's, you know, at that size and his ability to get to, get to the rim and create for other people. I mean, this is a guy who, he was taking the last shot of the game last mm-hmm. year, like, like you said before his injury. He was really becoming the leader of this team. And then D'Angelo Russell took over and people forget that a lot like Karis LeVert was everybody on the team was saying he's their best player big picture he's the biggest storyline for this team um, because can he develop into that third star for next year when Kevin Durant comes back healthy or can they trade him for someone who can be that third star he has and such give a desirable contract exactly yeah. desirable contract he signed for what's a bargain relative to other guys are making in his class um, that's the biggest key for me um, Armand final point on the downside of the Nets um, like Harry just mentioned Kyrie is an injury waiting to happen and if Lavert is your number two guy I haven't seen enough from him to show me that he can do that on a playoff team and after that Tony mentioned their depth Spencer Dinwiddie is really one of those you're reading the press clippings guy and you you hear his name a lot so you think he's better than he is and that's not to say he's a bad player but really without Kevin Durant and when I look at this roster what is he their third best player is either th- Joe Harris or Spencer Dinwiddie's your third best player and I'm supposed to believe that you're going to make the playoffs I don't see it and then the final point was the same point with the Bulls Chris Fleming I think was the engineer of their whole offense Atkinson's a great coach but how much of that was his staff as well so I, I question a lot of the Nets going that's fair in. They're, they're vulnerable let's get to team number six this is the largest discrepancy in terms of you know someone having them high versus someone having them low I have them at 10 Tony has them as high as 4 Armand and Harry are at six i want you guys whoever wants to take it why are you guys optimistic about the pacers this year um because i think this is a year i don't know we say this every year the turner and sabonis are going to figure it out okay i think these guys are just too talented for it not to eventually add up to something that is close to the sum of its parts um turner is i think arguably the best rim protector in the entire league i mean he was last year for sure yeah, I think he led the league in blocks, like 2.5 blocks a game or something. And he can stretch he can stretch the floor. I mean, this is, you know, he's not somebody that you want to run your offense through. But he is, you know, in a lot of ways, like the unicornist of all, you For know, sure. modern big men in terms of somebody he doesn't need any touches from the offense to, like, get Stretch his, five. Stretch five. And then Sabonis, I think, is such an underrated playmaker on that end. And now that you don't, you're not going to have, like, a lead ball handler, you know, uh, ball handler with uh, Oladipo out and with Brogdon in, who's like very very low maintenance i think you're gonna see a lot of the offense run around sabonis i agree with a lot of what you said about sabonis and turner turner doesn't get the credit as a guy like a rudy gobert gets but he's you know going to be a top five defensive player of the year candidate year in year out um he has that impact around the rim he's got the range he's had it since coming out of texas in 2015 um sabonis love his passing um one of the most underrated players in the league he's a monster on the boards and in the post my questions with this team Malcolm Brogdon. He's missed time each of the past two years. Yeah. Can he stay healthy? Victor Oladipo is already out, not expecting to see him until 2020. TJ Warren, I think he's an empty calories guy, a guy who gets his numbers, but how is he helping you in terms of playmaking, in terms of defense? And then the depth on this team, uh, Aaron it, it Holiday. Looks different once Oladipo Jer- comes back. It does, it year. does, and that's the. So I'm not. I think with four, you having them at four, you're willing to bet on Victor Oladipo for me. There's too much flux here. There's too much positional awkwardness. 
Aaron Holiday, I think he has the potential to be a good backup point guard. Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, Doug McDermott, Doug McDermott, Gogo Batadze. I'm not in love with this bench, and if they have another injury, it could be devastating. I uh, I had them at six, and I would have had them a lot higher if they had Oladipo from, of course, from of course. the get-go. He, four or five. I think this team, come playoff time, Assuming health is probably the third best team in the East, in my opinion. Um, I love what Harry said about Sabonis. I think that they're going to initiate a lot of the offense through him. I love Aaron Holiday. I think he's going to be a good NBA player. Uh, my question with this team is, and I think we saw this in the playoffs last year, is when uh, when you don't have, first of all, a go-to guy, that's concerning without Oladipo. And then second of all, if Turner or uh, Sabonis gets in foul trouble, then what happens? If they get in foul trouble three minutes into the game, you have TJ Leaf. Is uh, Goga good? Have we seen so any that's, Goga? So that's where I was going to get into is if if they can sustain that, it's going to come down to Goga because their backup big men are TJ Leaf, who is a bust. I, I think no, he's, I, he's terrible. He's terrible. And then Goga. So that's my biggest question with it. We could keep going. Okay. So moving on um, to number five, the Miami Heat. Me and Harry have them right at five. Tony and Armand have them in the playoff mix at seven. Their rotation. Justice Winslow's been starting at point guard during the preseason. We'll see if they it's go so with. It's weird to get used to. It, it's very strange. It should be Goran Dragic when he comes back, just based on like the politics so, and machinations. In the preseason, when they played together, um, Dragic actually came off the bench. So we'll see how they yeah. negotiate that. Dion Waiters, will he be the starter at two, or will it be Tyler Hero, who's been terrific in the preseason? Oh, my God. The the swagger, the confidence. He says he models his game after Devin Booker, and you can see flashes of that when he plays. Can I really quickly just say who I see in uh, Tyler Hero? Go for it. I see a lot of Brad Beal. Brad Beal. I think Devin Booker has a little more like, uh, he has a little two, three dribble moves post game, Mm -hmm. whereas Brad Beal is a lot more one dribble, Mm -hmm. get to your spot, pull Mm -hmm. up and knock it down. I see a lot of that in Tyler Hero. Finishing out the rotation, Jimmy Buckets comes over from Philadelphia. Hurts me as a Sixers fan. Um, they've been starting Myers Leonard at the four. We'll see if that becomes a Linux. Maybe James Johnson. He's been away from the team. Um, we'll see if he comes into that mix. And then Bam Adebayo, I'm a big fan of at center. A freak athlete. He can do a little bit more than, you know, catch lobs. He, he's got some playmaking equity. I think his game's going to continue to develop. And then Derek Jones Jr., a pogo stick athlete. So, see that dunk uh, he had the other night? Um, unbelievable. And he him levitated. and I, I've watched the him and Jimmy Butler interaction and, you know, Twitter content. And it seems like they've got a connection going. Can we not forget that Udonis Haslam is still on this team? Crazy. Still on this team. Keep getting them checks, UD. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's going to get his number retired. The last player coach. The last player Basically. coach. Um, it's. I like this team. It's a little bit of an awkward team. I wonder about their shooting, but the defensive athlete, the defense athleticism and fourth quarter scoring with a guy like Jimmy Butler to be their closer is there. What do you, what do you think about the Heat at five? Um, I'm going to steal a Yost term right here. Pat Riley loves to win on the margins. Sure. So I look at their roster, and I'm not impressed. Wow. But then when you dig deeper and you see Kendrick Nunn and you study Love who Kendrick he is, Nunn. you see, We're as we've mentioned, Tyler Hero, and you you know who Tyler Hero is. And then going even deeper, they have Casey Okpala, who is from yeah. my hometown in California, and I think could be one of the steals of the draft. He's a great gambler where they got him. Exactly. And then even, uh, I don't know, if, I don't want to offend Tony with this, but I like Duncan Robinson in college. Yes. Like, I, I think he could be a rotational player in the NBA. How many Michigan guys have I already talked up to? Yeah, Karis LeVert. Yeah. Uh, no, let's, let's not dwell on this. Let's not dwell on so this. So I, I look at him, and 
although I don't like their rotation as it will be on opening night, I trust Spo and I trust Riley to find gems. That's why I'm so bullish on Miami. For sure. I think that Eric Spolstra is still a top five coach yeah. in the yep. league, and I think people have forgotten. And I think that this is finally the year where he has like all the pieces that are a signature Spolstra Heat team. Guys, that we mentioned the Knicks earlier as a team that's going to play hard. This is going to be the hardest playing team in the East, night in and night out. They're going to blow guys off the floor in, on, uh, in transition and on defense. You're not going to be able to score on them at all. And I also think that Jimmy Butler is still somehow like a little bit underrated. Like, you know, you as a Philly fan, you know, like he was their best player in crunch time yeah. for the entirety of last year's playoffs when they came within four bounces of making a, you know... You didn't probably, have to say four bounces. My we, goodness. We, I, I know we want to move on, but I'm... I, I, I was underrating the Eric Spolster factor for sure. So I kind of like... Like your Detroit Bulls hindsight mm-hmm. pick, I might, I might want to move Miami up a little bit. For sure. But I still have questions about Jimmy But Like, we talk about Kyrie Irving yeah. being kind of a cancer. Fair. Jimmy Butler is the same way. Complete and narcissist. Goran Dragic, I mean, was he 94 years old? <laughs> I mean, my dude... He, he can still ball, though. He can ball a little bit, but he's kind of falling apart at the seams. Uh, I don't know. And, and, last thing I want to say about Miami, though, the last reason I'm high on them is Bam. Okay. I, I think that Bam, yeah. it's it's unfair to just call him a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a he's a plus level athlete, but I've seen him in in the preseason so far, like run the offense, mm-hmm. bring the ball. That's like, what I said. The playmaker, directing L- traffic. Very, he's a very high IQ player, and on on defense, it translates too. I and think he doesn't that have to worry about Whiteside being here. He's doesn't the have guy. to worry about Hassan. He's the guy. I think he's another guy who I could absolutely see making the All Star team this year if Kevin Love gets hurt. Now, now one thing about the or Heat. Blake. That I'm going to be have my eye on. I think they can make the the second round, and I love the infrastructure. I love what you've said about Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra. Do they have a trade to make? That's yeah. what in a weak Eastern Conference. That's what can put them over the top. Whether Dragic. they trade a guy like Dragic, whether they part ways with Winslow, who's on a great contract, whether they take the young asset and Tyler Hero and try to turn him into someone who's more ready for right now. That's. That's the move that can really swing um, their season if they decide to move someone. Some and, people uh, are saying they might go the other way. Oh, wow. If, if go they, young. If they think, no, that they might swing for the fences, if they think that they can actually make a good push. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is what you're saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. They've got the pieces Trading to pivot like, and yeah. package a Tyler Hero and a Winslow and like some contracts or something. for someone like that yeah. that can raise the ceiling of this team. You mentioned Kyle Lowry. Our next team is the Toronto Raptors, their rotation. Kyle Lowry, Norm Powell, Norm Powell, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. Uh, you've got the platoon at center. Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka. Chris Boucher can play a couple minutes there. Chris, Chris Boucher, uh, you know, is with the Raptors 905. He's from Oregon. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet off the bench, and then they signed these discount bargain basement wings and Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. The pedigree, you can't question. This is a team that's been in the playoffs. They win it last year. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard is a huge loss. What do we think about the Raptors? And is there any chance, is there any risk? We've got them at four. Is there any risk they blow it up? Yes, it, it, exactly why, you, you know, for the reason that you said. If they make, this is the one team that could make a huge roster, you know, switch up. Mm-hmm. Especially you consider who their GM is. Um, oh my God, what's his name? Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri, thank you. He's never someone who's afraid to just, you know, completely go in the opposite direction. And this is not a team that's going to contend for a championship. But if they do keep this 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 group together, I think they're a lock for the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I think people are completely forgetting how good Kyle Lowry was in, in, in that uh, uh, Golden State series. He ate uh, Steph Curry's lunch. I don't know what you just mouthed Nick Nurse. Oh, Nick yeah, Nurse Nick Nurse. Effect. Love Nick Nurse, too. So, For me, the big question is OG Ananobi. I yeah. Mean, 
uh, a guy out of Indiana, uh, fell out of the lottery, but showed promise his rookie year. He was in and out of the lineup last season. He was clumped together with Isaac as a prospect. Exactly. Same type of prospect. I mean, he was one of my favorite prospects in the draft in terms of where they got him and his upside. You know, if he can do something on the wing, then, um, you know, I think it'd be a big, uh, big deal. And then also Pascal Siakam's development. If he can take that level, that jump from star to superstar, that'll really increase the ceiling of this team. For me, my thing with the Raptors is like, there's the phrase like, like a hungry dog runs faster. Mm. I mean, once you get that, like they, they got it. It happened. Mm, they, did, they did it. Like, there's so frequently, well, unless you're like a dynasty type team, there's so frequently, like, like the Mavs, the year after they won it, mm-hmm. we're not the same team. Like, like that hunger is gone. That yep. passion is gone. I mean, you lost, obviously, the face of the franchise. I mean, people are saying that he that Kawhi might get a statue. He should there. get and, a statue. And he played one year. He I should mean, get a statue. You, lost, you lose. Yes, they have a lot of good pieces around him, but they were great pieces around him. Yep. Like, they're not going to be the sum of their parts. The they're not going to be. Him They're not going to be all the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be as good as some of their parts. I, I, I love what you said about the hunger, and that's organizationally and the players as yep. well. Been there, done that. Time to move on. Harry or Tony's going to move on. Yes. Uh, we <laughs> loved having you for the first uh, the the first twelve uh, teams. We're going to get to the big three, and uh, we start the Celtics at number three. Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Daniel Tice has been starting at center for them. They also have Ennis Cantor, uh, the Time Lord, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, the rookie, Romeo Langford, and a really interesting guy. Of course, Marcus Smart, but I was going to say Carson Edwards has been lighting it up this yeah. preseason. You talk about a dark horse for rookie of the year. I mean, this guy just had eight threes in a quarter. Obviously, it's the preseason. Nobody knows how to defend him. Nobody's playing up on him, but like, he already looks like an elite elite shooter. What's surprising about Carson Edwards so far is his on-ball defense. Yep. He's looked really strong. Teams tried, teams tried to go at him, and he's held yeah, up. because he's tiny, but like, you look at the size of like his legs he's got these like giant calves like he stands his ground he can move well laterally he, he knows positioning my question is can he defend you know when guys try to run him through three screens can he defend that at a high level mm-hmm. you know i'm jumping ahead a little bit but we've seen some like matisse Tybel, yep. another rookie he's been able to navigate that very well can mm-hmm. carson do that at the same level i don't know the reason why i think that people are sleeping a little bit on the celtics and armand texted me the other night he's like i'm watching some of this are we sleeping though we had all four of us had them at three i still think we might be sleeping wow. i actually think this is a team that could potentially finish number one for the regular season. I don't have them in the finals, but I think absolutely this is a team that has you know a coaching staff that's like uh, uh, that. I think before the Kyrie disruption, you saw them do a lot with less, mm. and they're bringing back a lot of those same pieces. They can just run that system back that you know the same one that they took uh, LeBron James to uh, seven games. Mm-hmm. Armand. Um, the common consensus among the teams I think we had in the top five or six is that, uh, again, still in the Yost term, winning on the margins. They have so many guys that, you know, even a guy like me who really just started studying the depth charts last week has never heard of. Um, the guy that you mentioned, I don't, I still don't know his name. Javante What's his name? Green. Javante. He's the, not even playing on the team. Yeah, or yeah. So, but then yesterday, I think, uh, I don't even know how you say his name. Tremont Tr- 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 Waters. Tremont Tr- 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 Waters. Tr- 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 yeah. He had a big. He had a big game uh, last night. Brad Grant Wanamaker. Williams, uh, Time Lord. Maybe they get a little bit of Taco. They're deep with unproven guys, but I think when you count in the Brad Stevens element of it, when you have these unproven guys who basically have, like, basically when when you have no uh, proof of en- or NBA track record of excellence, you're basically gonna 
oh, you want me to do this for you, Brad? Okay, I'll do whatever you ask because yep. I'm trying to make it to the next stage of my career. Yeah, this and is a Brad Stevens team. This is a perfect Brad Stevens team. The Kyrie leading factor, just the bump they're going to get in chemistry from that. Brad Stevens, look at what he did with Isaiah Thomas. You're telling me he can't make something out of Carson Edwards. He's got a guy who's going to buy in in Kemba Walker who said all of the right things about leadership. I think that's why we all had them at three for me. The biggest factor... Jason Tatum, how good can he be? This guy looked like one of the up-and-coming superstars, one of the guys that untradeable, and he's regressed a little bit. Plateaued. He's plateaued. Okay, plateaued. Plateaued. Is he Rudy Gay? Is he Carmelo Anthony? Is he something beyond that? That's the key narrative that has to determine itself by the end of the season. And then Gordon Hayward, can he show some semblance of the Utah Gordon Hayward, who was an all-NBA performer? For me, that's the big X factor. Mm-hmm. We've seen in, I think, one or two preseason games, Hayward actually looked really sharp. Yep. He looked confident. He looked quick on the ball. He's making quick decisions. Wasn't second-guessing himself at all. The three-point shot was flying out of his hands. Absolutely zero hesitation. But then we've see, we also saw like a couple other preseason games yep. where he, he regressed again. He looked like you know a shell of and I've got the stats right for you so 34 percent from the field 20 from three only three games seven points a game but it can't be a situation where he's 30 points one game against Minnesota the next game he's yeah. got two yeah um so I think Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum those really will be indicative of the ceiling for this team that's our fault how, how far they'll go for sure <laughs> number two The Milwaukee Bucks. They lose Malcolm Brogdon. We talked about the Indiana Pacers getting him. Their rotation looks to be Eric Bledsoe, Wes Matthews, Chris Middleton. They re-up with the max contract. Giannis Ndedekumbo, Brooke Lopez. They signed his brother Robin to be the backup center. They've got some interesting depth, unproven guys, but they're deep. They've got a lot of them. Connaughton. uh, They've got Sterling Brown. Dante DiVincenzo is going to be interesting. George Hill is a proven veteran point guard. Um, You know, DJ Wilson out of Michigan, your guy. You know, he showed some flashes when he's he's uh, healthy, healthy, pressed into action. Ersan Ilyasova. Um, Kyle Korver, so they've got depth. Is it quality depth is the question? Um, you know, I actually, I, I think that you you mentioned Wes Matthews, and speaking of depth, I actually think Pat Connaughton, Wes Matthews will start. Yep. I think he's 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 one of those guys, he just kind of, you have to start him. Like will Connaughton finish? I think Connaughton's going to finish. I think he's going to play the lion's share of, uh, of those minutes at shooting guard. I think he's just a more natural fit mm. um, defensively next to all these other guys. Mm-hmm. Some creativity too uh, with the playmaking yeah, so shooting. He's, he's good off the bounce. He's you know he's a good shooter. You know my thing with this team is how much did the league maybe figure them out a little bit yeah. last year as far as being one dimensional, mm-hmm. playing this like uh, uh, five out style where Giannis can just attack, attack, attack. Mm-hmm. You saw in the, you see in the playoffs teams get a little bit better at collapsing at the right yep. time, jumping out and rotating to the shooters. You know the NBA is, is a. Uh, it's basically like every time you drive, there's two reads. There's like the first guy that's open, and then if you predict there's a rotation coming, there's the next guy down the line, right? Mm-hmm. And um, people are starting to snuff that out. Yep. And after you take that away, there's not a second guy in the team that can really get his own. And that's, like what Brog- that's what Brogdon was That's what them. Brogdon brought, and they just lost that guy. So, Armand, Harry, Tony, and I had the Bucks at two. You had them at one. Why? Uh, really... It was just Budenholzer and Giannis was okay. my reasoning. And now That's that fair. I go about it, I might think the Celtics might be the one seed. But yeah. with that being said, I'm going to stick to my guns, say the Bucks, because I think that the system 
Harry brought up some alarming points that maybe they figure it out. And in the playoffs, they did figure it out, the Raptors did, but also the Raptors had the personnel to figure it out. So when you take that into account, regular season-wise, I don't think there's going to be many teams in the NBA, if any, that can really stop Giannis from uh, patrolling the paint and getting to his spots. Love um, Pat Connaughton and what he brings. Don't know if he can do it at a starting level. And I, I like what Harry said about him being maybe their closer uh, and I just love that they continuously, Harry was in class, sorry to blast you right here, you're in class watching Dragon Bender highlights. Heck yeah. And watching Dragon Bender highlights over your shoulder there, Dragon Bender looks like a whole different player <laughs> in the system. Good, man. If anything, if anyone can get anything out of him, it's Mike Budenholzer. Yeah, I mean, he's done absolutely. it since the Hawks days with Pero Antich, for yeah, God's sake. And he, people think Brook Lopez is this, he, and he is, he's the sniper now, but he wasn't before Budenholzer. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that was taking one or two a game, now he takes seven or eight. So if there's someone that can capitalize on Bender's like proposed shooting ability yeah. which he has never shown he just has to hit them That's Robin's the gonna shoot him too Ra- yeah both of the Lopez can they play together they've played them together uh, really? for stretches in the preseason I think there was even a game where they started both of them against the Bulls yeah for the Bucks, is, Gian- is Giannis the best player in the league yes or no in the regular Anthony season. Davis okay. oh yeah that's true I agree with that we'll get to that in the Western yeah. Conference pod next week um is the supporting cast good enough? That's going to be the question. Can they make a move? They already have Bledsoe to a contract that doesn't look good. Middleton, I mean... Come on. Come he's, on? He's, he's Chris fucking Middleton. He had one bad shooting year. No, I'm not... I'm, I'm saying they re-upped him to a max. So it's oh, not... You're, you're, you're not getting... You're saying it's like an overpay. You're not getting surplus value on that contract. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it he is what he is. Out. Yeah, yeah. Ble- I'm saying Bledsoe's a, con- uh, a bad contract and Chris Middleton's making a lot of money so you don't have a lot of flexibility to work around Giannis. We'll see about Bledsoe. I mean, he shit the bed in the playoffs. He did. Out. But that was his best season. Yeah, no, in, for sure. He should have made the All-Star team. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll see if like the, maybe somehow he can figure out his mental status. I'm not hopeful, but I'm not I'm not, I'm not closing the door completely on it. I think one thing you have to think about with this team that now I'm thinking maybe they will be the one seed is that defensively, they're the best team in the league at defending the rim. Okay. And, you know, it's arguably... I'm going to disagree, but go ahead. Continue. I disagree as well. Well, what are you going to say, Philly? Philly. Well, we haven't seen it yet. I'm just saying, For like, sure. uh, last year, like, Pedigree. statistically, they were the best team at defending the rim. And a lot of that is Budenholzer and... and uh, how well, how good he is at coaching his his guys through rotations, and so you know, I look at this team. Sure, there's not a lot of depth in terms of like individual playmaking, but there's a lot of guys that know their roles. They know how uh, how to rotate on defense, and that's, in my opinion, probably the most important regular season skill is mm. just not be a zero or a negative on defense. I mentioned the guys I went this guy as uh, we went through the rotation Dante DiVincenzo two picks ahead of Kevin Herter and uh, I think <laughs> at this stage a couple of gingers and I think at this stage you'd much rather have Herter. I'd be interesting to see if DiVincenzo can help play a role in replacing Brogdon. The number one team the Philadelphia 76ers call me a homer I had them there Harry had them there Tony had them there Armand has them at two I think we might be too low on this team, guys. I mean, the size, the won. defense. I mean, like, in, in terms of, like, you know, top three team in the league, like, legitimately, not just because the East is weak. I think they're going to be throttling teams defensively, and I think they've got more offensive upside than um, what people may expect. Absolutely. I think that a lot of people are looking at this team and, and questioning the shooting, and I think they're massively underrating Josh Richardson as a shooter. Yep. This guy was in, in Miami putting up, like, stellar – three-point shooting numbers as, like, really the only outside threat yep. on that team. If you think about the kind of looks he's going to get in this offense now, and I know Simmons cramps it a little bit, but if, 
I, I personally believe in Ben Simmons. Let's go. I think Let's go. This is the take Let's I was going to bring that I, that I told Yossi he was going to be excited about. I think Simmons is going to take a leap this year. Do I think it's going to be from the three-point line? No, but I do think it's, I do think it's going to be a mentality thing where he wrestles you know, control of the offense away from Embiid, who I think is ready to like give it up. I think Embiid naturally wants to be like the number two option. Like I hmm. just think that he, he feels more... Everything that he says about what he wants to do in the court feels a little bit more in line with like an elite, elite, like 1B guy, if that makes sense. A guy who wants to anchor your defense and yeah. supplement what you're doing scoring-wise. You know, people look at all the antics with Embiid and they think mm-hmm. this is this is definitely like an egomaniac, this is a selfish player. But like, I, I never, I've never seen that. Everything yeah. he does, he's a hustle player. Yep. Even when like people were limiting his minutes, he's on the floor like diving for loose balls and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, the only times when I've seen him not play that role is when he's out of shape. Yeah. Which is definitely an issue with him. He's got to get his conditioning better. But I think this team, they can smell it. Yep, they can. Like I said, I don't know if you know this, but they were four bounces away from making it. <laughs> Look, I, I think everybody on this team wants to win so, <clears throat> so fucking bad. And you talk about winning on the margins, Matisse Tybel might already be the best perimeter defender in the league. He's unbelievable. His uh, per 36 numbers through the preseason so far have been 5.8 steals and 2.8 blocks per 36 minutes. And he looks like a pretty legit shooter, too, with, like, replicable mechanics, concise mechanics. You're going to make me cry. He's everything that OKC wanted Andre Roberson to be. Uh, let me go first, Yo, so that you have a little anger in your uh, in what <laughs> you're going to say. Uh, of course, I agree with all that. Uh, when I look at all the Eastern Conference powers, and there aren't many, this is the team that scares me the most. And that's why I had them at two, and I was hesitant to have them at one. And Yost heard this from the day they signed Al Horford. I don't <laughs> like the fit. And most notably so, I don't like the fit with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I think it's redundant. I think Simmons should, if he wants to play point guard, he should play out of the post and navigate kind of like a Sabonis. Or like a Magic. Oh, uh, like a Magic. I like him. I love Simmons. Embiid I also love. I just don't know if they can coexist, which gets to my kind of greater point. Is this team going to end up being Oklahoma City 2.0, where all of them have success separately, but together everybody wonders, how did they not get it done? This is Arman classic concern <laughs> troll move he, he picks <laughs> anything I that you way. i think you, you pick anything that you can complain about the same the difference between this and the thunder the thunder in the western conference very strong sixers are in a weak eastern conference and the thunder team made the finals and the thunder team made the finals you, yeah. you can't label a disappointment and also they broke up why'd they break up money. because money yeah. right if they had paid up four more million dollars, they'd have James Harden. If they'd pick Harden over Ibaka, they would have had James Harden. So that's as much um, accountability needs to go to front office versus you know the players um, on the court. They just made bad moves in the moment. For me, Harry talked about Josh Richardson. He's not the closer that Jimmy Butler is, but he is a guy who we've been using on point guards. Point guards lit us up last year. If Richardson can be our guy defending point guards, if he can hit spot-up threes, he's got some off-the-ball equity as well. Tobias Harris, this is his. he's got a full offseason with this team. He's got a full training camp with this team. He's the third option as opposed to being stuck in the corner as the fourth option. I think that's going to build his confidence. Yes, you're right. Horford and Embiid, you know, Simmons, it's a little bit clunky. Do you have the spacing? But, as Harry likes to say, you can toggle the rotations where you take Horford out 
out after you know the first three or four minutes and then have him back up Embiid. If Embiid gets hurt, which he's known to do, you've got a guy who can start at the center position and provide elite spacing. Or just tired and fat. He can just or tired and fat. Him. You didn't have to say that. That was Sorry, me. Embiid looks in shape. He does. He looks good this year. Ben Simmons. I like everything that Harry said about him. I double check the MVP odds. See what you can get on him yeah, because him. he might be able to. Get the numbers. They're gonna get the wins. And if Embiid takes narrative, if Embiid takes a step back, Simmons shows something of a jump, something resembling a jump shot. If he hits his free throws at 65, 70 percent, and he's averaging a triple double, the team is winning. Why wouldn't he win the MVP? And my final point about the Sixers: This is a team that was designed to stop Giannis and Dedekumbo. Mm. With Al Horford, one of the best defenders against Dedekumbo, Embiid has done a nice job on Dedekumbo. Harris, Simmons, Richardson. Yeah. Like this is a long, big, scary team. I don't think Dedekumbo has enough in the supporting cast. I don't trust the Celtics just yet. What are they going to do against Embiid? They don't have Baines. They, you know, got rid of Horford, who's. Horford Jedi mind tricked Embiid in those matchups. They've got Cantor, Daniel Tyson, Time Lord Robert Williams. This is the class of the Eastern Conference. They're making the finals. What say you, Armand? I can totally see that picture, and if it happened, wouldn't shock me, especially considering when you go down up and down the East, like you said, probably the Bucks are really your only threat. Um, my only concern is just because something happened doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. But you sound like Bill Simmons with his Celtics <laughs> last year. That doesn't that doesn't mean shit. You sound like Bill Simmons trolling the Sixers last year. Yeah, I do. Concern troll. That's true. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen. I'm just saying when you talk about the fit and the chemistry, I'm Horford's a great chemistry guy. I'm not worried about him, but just more so in terms of Tobias has kind of always been the one or two on most teams. Is he going to be? I mean, yes, he says it now, but is he going to be okay if uh, if Embiid wants to be the closer? I, I think that we're we're underrating how difficult it is to navigate the being the fourth option on a team for sure, and just getting there, and just getting there. I, I do agree. I think I think Tobias, you're going to see him have a much better shooting year. I mean, he bricked his way through a lot of last year's playoffs. He was terrible. His pick and roll number are great as the ball handler. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think he can do a lot more than he was asked. I want to push back. I don't think Armand is trolling. I, I, I see I see your point. I do want to push back a little on the Horford awkwardness, though, because I think Horford is one of the best interior passing big men in the league. So if there's anybody that can navigate tight quarters where there's not a lot of spacing on the floor, I think it's going to be someone like If Horford. he gives us a 12-7-5, and five, I'm happy. And good defense, you know, stays relatively healthy, I'm happy. Again, doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I heard the same stuff when Pau Gasol and Noah were paired together. True. I mean... I don't know in the modern NBA. The one thing I do know is that Horford and Embiid are good locker room guys and they're going to work to make it. They're going to try to make it work, right? So I don't think you're going to see internal issues or strife there. Um, Again, talent alone, this is a top three team in the NBA, if not the best. But I just... Let's see how it fits in with the modern NBA. Because it, it it is a different look for the modern NBA. It doesn't mean it won't work, but that's let's go through the playoff picture one through eight. I'm gonna say the matchup. We take a you know, we we come to a consensus on the pick. Sixers magic, we've got the Sixers, Sixers. moving on. Okay. Bucks, Nets, Bucks, Bucks. correct? Celtics, Pacers. Uh, Celtics. Celtics? Okay. Yeah, give me the Celtics. Take the Celtics? I would take them, but that's going to be a seven game. It'll be, right? yeah. I also, I just, I don't know. I trust Brad to get out of the first round. Raptors Heat. 
Uh, give me the Heat. I'm taking the I'm Heat, so too. I'm so bullish on the Jimmy Heat Butler. this year. Jimmy Butler. And you know what? Zach Lowe was talking about the Heat on his podcast yesterday. I heard that, yep. And he was like, I'm so bullish on the Heat, and I've never felt more validated in my entire life. Zach Lowe giving you that valid. I mean, he, he he picked the Sixers to go to the finals in the East. He gave me that validation as well. Set up That sets up a second round. Sixers Heat. Jimmy Butler's revenge against Ooh. his former team. That's fireworks all the way. I'm taking the Sixers I'll take the and Sixers. Six. I can see that being like one of those, the big road test series, you know what I mean, where mm-hmm. Jimmy puts up a big fight arguably the MVP in the series but the Sixers sweep by with it. Buck Sel- or I'm, I'm assuming Jimmy, Jimmy's inconsistent in the playoffs he'll have an amazing game mm-hmm. then a That's true. ghost game I think he can steal one okay yeah. so Sixers and five yeah. Buck Celtics this is where it comes to the test right here well they like you <sighs> said they the lost they lost their uh Giannis stopper. They did. So, You're right. Give me the bucks. bucks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I'll take the That's bucks. That's the best too. player series. That's a Bill Simmons best, best exactly. player in the series. Best player in the series. Yeah. Now, best player in the series versus best team designed to stop best player in the series. <laughs> I'm taking the Sixers. Sixers and probably seven. Um, I'm running through like matchups in my head. Like, yeah, I'll take the Sixers too. I think they also have a lot of answers for uh, for Brook Lopez, which is a huge, huge part of the Bucks' offense. Huge. I think they can just stick Simmons on him and just say, "Hey, chase him around." So we've got the Sixers moving on. Or are you? Are you? T- I mean, you had the Bucks number one seed in the regular season. Can Giannis? Can Giannis do it? Can he single handedly lead this team to a victory? I just. I want to first of all give you credit for making me think about changing my stance because I had the Bucks winning the championship. Okay. You got me to the brink <laughs> of changing my pick, but I'm not going to do okay. it. The main reason I'm not going to do it is because I think that uh, with with Brooke, you're going to drag and beat out to the three-point line, and the middle is still going to be open for Giannis to kind of patrol, even against Horford, who does a great job against him. I'm not sure they have to. Like, I really think they could stick Simmons on him and have him chase him around for like a, a... I think you could put Horford on Brooke. You put uh, Embiid you know, on Giannis for stretches. I mean, what he's saying with Simmons, uh, I, I think that they've got enough... Uh, potential so options, flexibility on, flexibility on defense to get the job done. You put Thibel on anybody. Matisse Thibel. I love Matisse Thibel. <laughs> Let's run through our deep cuts. Who's your deep cut? Okay, awesome. So my deep cut is... Uh, we already touched it. We we did we talk about Javante Green? You did talk about Javante Green. Yeah, so this guy's not even on a roster right now, but I think he is an elite level athlete at six five. He's like a Russell Westbrook, like Derrick Rose type dude going downhill. Obviously can't shoot. But we already talked about him. So I wanna I wanna bring up a name that I haven't talked about. Okay. Norvell Pell buried at the end of the Sixers bench right now. But like he, he had like five blocks the other night Crazy. in the preseason. He was like shimmying on people. I like the swagger he plays with. I think he could be a part of this rotation. I mean we we need rotation guys. That's the one weakness of the Sixers. Um, Trey Burke, you know, Raul Neto, um, Zaire Smith, we talked about Thibel, Zaire Smith, yep. we got him the year before, Mike Scott, Mike Scott Hive, Kyle O'Quinn, if hell can be something coming uh, off the bench, you know, let's say Embiid can't make it through, you know, a game, let's see, he has to have some load management, you know, I think they've got depth there. Um, Matisse Thibel, I'm so happy about it. I'm so happy. So that's all the time we have for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to like, listen, review, subscribe, rate, all of that stuff. This is a sports podcast available yeah, it is. on Apple Podcasts. We're available on Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Next week, we'll have the Western Conference. We'll have finals picks. We'll have MVP. We'll have all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out. Yeah. Bobby White, Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Okay, so I didn't get to say it because we didn't have time, but like, you know, I also had like...